0: Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome into episode 64 of the Landscape Photography Show. And on this episode, we have photographers Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor. Now, I know it seems like in a lot of these podcasts and YouTube videos, different outlets of creativity that photographers use to promote themselves, you hear the same names over and over. And while I think that's great because we look up to the same names as a lot of other photographers, I think getting new blood in is really important too. Henry and Ryan are two younger photographers who I think you should really watch for in the coming years because they have a lot of interesting ideas, new experiences, and I think looking to younger ideas can really spice up the photography world in general so i think listening to this episode and and hearing what henry and ryan have to say not only about the culture that they're growing up with in their own generations, but also their thoughts on photography, on exploring local places versus, you know, the wanderlust idea of really getting out and looking to things. And also their views on getting started in photography and what they think their businesses and photography may look like in the future. And also answering the question, is photography cool now? The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here with Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor. I I was introduced to both of them actually through Instagram. I threw out an Instagram story, and and I think it was you, Henry, who responded to the story and said, hey, have us on the podcast. Uh, We have our own podcast called the All Outdoors Photography Podcast, and and we could do kind of like a cool collaborative project uh, with all of our discussions coming on at once. Was that the case?
1: Uh yeah it was um I've been a follower of David for probably about a year now and uh, been interacting with his posts and stuff so I figured why not you know shoot my shot and see if you know he would respond and he did so here we are
0: here we are indeed uh, I, I have a lot of topics that I think would be really interesting for us to talk about. But, but why don't you take us through how, how each of you got started in photography and kind of where you are. I know, Henry, you're in high school right now. Ryan, uh, you're around 25. Why, Ryan, why don't you go first and in, in introducing yourself and how you got started in photography?
2: Uh, sure, yeah. I just want to say thank you, David, for having me on. Um, I'm, I'm Ryan Taylor, as you can say. Uh, and so I, I've done art all my life. Um, photography was one of the last things I really got into Um, But growing up, I did all different kinds of art mediums like, you know, painting, drawing, uh, cartooning, you know, all the sorts of things throughout, you know, primary school. And then uh, actually in first grade, it was my art teacher said, you know, take photography class in high school because she said it'd be like a lot of fun. And so I kind of kept that in the back of my head growing up. And once I finally got to high school, I was just like, might as well take something creative like that. And um, so, yeah, I pretty much did. I took two semesters of uh, film was the first semester and digital was the second. And, um, it was just really exciting to try different, you know, assignments and stuff and really get my feet wet, you know, messing around with the camera and such.
0: When, when you were learning film and digital, what were the links there between the two that you found difficult to kind of transfer over into the other? Um, the Difficulties? Well, I was not really
2: good at the film Darkroom. Um, a lot of people seem to grasp that pretty well. Um, I just never really got too much used to it. And I like the immediacy of digital, where I could review the you know the image immediately um, as I took them.
0: Henry, why don't you jump in? Give us your story on photography and, and how you got started in it, too, and where you are right now.
1: Sure. So... I uh, my whole life had definitely been creative, but I was never like good at the drawing side of things or anything like that, painting or anything. Um, I actually started by like discovering a video camera. So I would take my dad's old Nikon DSLR and make little home movies with like my family and friends and stuff. And eventually that evolved into um, about I actually haven't been doing photography that long. So about two years ago. I was gifted a Canon M50 for Christmas and I intended to use it for like more serious video projects, but I discovered the manual mode setting and started taking photos. And, uh, here I am today. So,
0: and how did you two link up to start the all outdoors photography podcast?
1: Uh, so we have, uh, we had a mutual friend, um, and he created this, uh, it's called like an Instagram pod. It's just a big group chat with a bunch of um, photographers. Uh, and Ryan and I really hit it off because I'm familiar with the area that he shoots in and um, just very similar styles of work. So uh, we came together and I proposed it initially and we decided to start it. Uh, we've been doing, uh, our 20th episode is going to come out soon. So I haven't been doing it too long, but um, we really like it, so...
0: Ryan, what was your reaction to Henry reaching out to do a podcast? Uh, I said yes immediately. <laughs> it's something I've always wanted to try for years now. I've always been interested in, I've always
2: listened to podcasts um, just throughout the years. And I always thought, you know, making a photography oriented one would be a lot of fun. So yeah, when you when mentioned it to me or proposed the idea, I was definitely on board for it. No reservations at all. No, I was like I already was starting to get to know Henry pretty well and um he seemed like a great guy, great work work ethic and uh yeah, I was really down for it.
0: You said Henry that you were familiar with both of the areas that you are shooting in and what areas are those?
1: Yeah, so I I live in Louisville, Kentucky, but I have um family up in kind of the more southern Ohio area. Um just, so I'm very familiar with both those areas. My grandparents have a farm and like a bunch of land. So ever since I was young, I've been exploring the woods up there. And uh, so I could really bond with Ryan over that aspect because he, he lives up there. So
0: mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but but I, I live in West Tennessee, so I'm a little bit further south from you, but I feel like the landscape is, is A little bit similar uh, to what you're experiencing there. A a lot of times I struggle myself with living in this area and kind of having that wanderlust for going out west and seeing something a little bit different. I get frustrated with my surroundings. Is that something you feel too?
2: Um, not really. I, yeah. Um. Honestly, it's like I find I one of my big selling points, it gets to my work and it does raise a few eyebrows from people that view it and other photographers. But um, I always stay really local. Like the farthest I've driven for photography purposes, it's probably about like an hour. You know, I like to really stay local and kind of get familiar with, you know, places that people don't really want to go to as much just because they're smaller or lesser known.
0: What about you, Henry?
1: Uh, I would say I'm a bit different. I'm, I really like travel. It's always been a big part of my life. Um, and I do definitely think our landscape, like, especially landscape wise, I think our areas are definitely a challenge. You definitely have to be more creative and think outside the box. Um, but I, I still really enjoy my local area. Um, especially during quarantine, I really dove into my local parks. Um, you never think there were photo opportunities there, but I found them, and now I feel like I've kind of mastered my area around me. So it's definitely helpful to stay local, I would say.
0: Challenges with with doing a photography podcast are what?
1: Um, I would definitely say ideas has definitely been a challenge. We can usually like come up with a good show idea, but the content that we actually put in them can be challenging sometimes. Um, I feel like...
2: I feel like you and me, Henry. Uh, we we agree on a lot of points, and like you said, there's a lot of overlap in the work we do. But um, sometimes there are disagreements naturally. Not anything like too bad, but yeah, there's definitely that kind of um, kind of conversational side of things where you might not agree with a certain style of photograph, let's say, or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like a an example of that, I remember we were having a like a. I think it was an episode on abstracts and we were talking about the use of a tripod and we just completely disagreed on it. So uh, it's it's interesting, but it's good content for the listeners too to kind of hear a little bit of that disagreement. It's not like we were arguing or anything. It's just kind of a cool it's, dynamics.
2: It's nice to hear two different sides, I think, two different photographers' like perspectives.
0: That's so interesting with kind of the way – the culture in the United States specifically is moving right now of being very divisive. Um, and one person thinks one thing, the other person thinks another, and then you never cross paths again.
1: Uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't think Ryan and I are going to split up over a tripod, but you know, you never know, I guess (laughs) that'd be kind of silly. Yeah.
0: What is photography like cool now when I was doing it in high school, um, it was pretty lame. I'm going to be honest. If you were a photographer and you were doing photography, you were kind of like our, our grade and, and the people that I grew up with were very accepting of everybody and everybody kind of commingled in their little cliques. But it was viewed as like something extremely nerdy that you picked up if you actually jumped into it. Is it cool now? Uh,
1: Well, personally, being in high school, I would say like portrait photography is pretty cool now. Like a lot of people are doing that, but I feel like the nature side of things is still pretty darn nerdy. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten playfully teased by many friends about it before. So yeah, um, same, same yeah. here.
2: They'll be like, oh, you're going nature walks and you film video and stuff about it. Like that just seems so weird. But I'm like, no, it's fun. You know, just try it sometime at least.
0: <laughs> why portrait photography, though? Like, why has that taken off? Because that was still pretty like lame when I was in high school.
1: I mean, I would say the rise of Instagram and people are really starting to notice quality like the, although the iPhones keep getting better and better, you still can't like replicate that like really sharp, nice, blurry background look. Like you can definitely tell when something's shot on the camera on Instagram and people definitely go after that look. So, Mm
2: -hmm. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with, you know, the advent of social media. It seems like a lot of people want to be photographers, but, you know, that could just be a phone not necessarily like a true DSLR. Um, so I will agree that seems like that's become more popular in the past, you know, let's say decade or so.
0: Keeping in the realm of nature photography though, that advent and the popularity that social media has given aspects of photography, is it good or bad for nature photographers?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I would say it's
1: kind of a mix. I feel like nature photographers for a long time, it was, very hard to make even any kind of money or any kind of fame off of it. But I think now with YouTube, especially with like Thomas Eaton and all those guys rising up, um, I feel like it's a lot easier to become popular, but it's also harder at the same time because it's a lot more saturated, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like, um, there's a lot of nature stuff on the internet, um, Increasingly, but um, I still think it's overall improved everything. I would say like,
2: yeah, I would say it's like, it's popular, but for some reason nature still is kind of like this niche thing. Like to me, like, like you were saying, portraits seem to be the more popular thing with like the general public, but to take like a nature shot seems kind of very, I don't know how to describe it, like smaller scale, I guess. Not everyone wants to do it necessarily.
0: I almost wonder, and this is me, just kind of brainstorming off the top of my head, I almost wonder if there are more examples of the possibilities of portrait photographer on social media rather than um, something to just go out and photograph in nature.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think another element to that too is, um, you know, with portrait photography, it's easier to relate, especially if you're the one in the picture or if you, you say friends with the person in the picture if you're a family member um for nature photography unless it's like an iconic location i feel like sometimes the general public would have trouble relating to an image
0: yeah for the both of you being kind of growing up with social media um i believe facebook kind of got popular when i was later on in high school uh, instagram didn't even exist at the time. With that being kind of like all around you at all times, is it helpful for your creativity or does it put a damper on on what you view you can achieve in your own photography goals? Ryan, why don't you take that one first? Yeah, I feel like it's yes or no.
2: I mean, it's kind of a little bit both um, because like because of social media, let's say Instagram, in this case, um, I would have never met Henry if that didn't exist. And it's kind of built up this community and following around my work. You know, people will purchase prints for me or they'll, you know, reshare and repost, you know, whatever I make or uh, post about any photographs. Um, but at the same time it does kind of damper it just because you kind of just see the same stuff over and over and it can kind of just feel a little homogenized, I think over time. So I I feel like it's, pretty important to detach from it and just make work that you're proud of.
0: What about you, Henry? What are your thoughts on that? Cause you probably had an Instagram straight out of the womb. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I actually, I actually was, my parents were pretty good about it. I was off social media until probably the start of high school. So I was, I was pretty detached. Um, but I think social media can definitely be pretty harmful for your photography. But like Ryan said, I've made a lot of friends, photographer friends through here. Um, build communities, just all kinds of things. But I do feel like it can be really demotivating sometimes, um, to see these glorious landscapes. Um, and just for me, at least I really can't scroll through my feed very often. Cause it just, um, I always, I'm a very harsh critic, uh, critic of myself and I'll compare myself to others. So I try to just kind of stick to my own work. And if I have, um, some of my, like, best photographer friends, I'll check out their work frequently, like, check out their pages. But besides that, I'm not really scrolling through the grid too often.
0: Who are some of the other photographers that you're gaining inspiration from?
1: Uh, Well, I would say um, definitely on the landscape side of things, I really like uh, Nick Page. Um, I'm not really – I wouldn't say I don't really – Like, I don't really align with his style as much, but I really like his YouTube content for sure. Uh, Like, his in-the-field videos, his tutorials, um, they definitely inspire me quite a bit. Uh, Another big inspiration are people like uh, Ben Horn and Adam Gibbs, um, mostly because of their, like, intentionality with their photography. I like how they're nice and slowed down. they like a problem with me is I've always been kind of rushing to get compositions, and not really focusing on the actual image, just kind of hurrying through everything. Uh, and people like them, especially through like watching their YouTube content and stuff, has really helped me to learn to like slow down and focus on the small details of an image.
2: I think for me, uh, I would say. It's kind of a number of people i would say that there's a lot of popular ones um a lot of them have like big youtube followings like simon baxter or like adam gibbs like you said henry um thomas heaton of course like you mentioned before and those guys i just watched pretty much all their videos just to get some inspiration about filmmaking both that and photography of course Um, there's also some kind of more local names people i met from instagram that live in my area of ohio and um, i actually met up with them a few times which is pretty cool um, like Sean Howell, um, just a couple others, just local names like Jeremy Nicholson, who does like a lot of astrophotography, um, Jeff Smith and different people I've met through galleries and such.
0: Yeah. The reason I ask is kind of just trying to see if younger generations are looking to different people rather than there's nothing wrong with everybody that you mentioned. I follow them all too and gain inspiration from them too. But you know, With the same photographers coming up over and over again, I almost feel like photography has a glass ceiling, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can can definitely see that. Yeah, I feel like it's YouTube especially that's made it like that, I would say. Um, They're not like celebrities and like normal standards, but they've really, especially like Nick Page, Thomas Heaton, they've really become like photography celebrities um, and people like Peter McKinnon as well. He's not really in our field, but uh, they've really kind of almost broken that glass ceiling, I would say, and kind of opened it up a bit to younger people. I
2: mean, I gotta appreciate because it it's like I would call them mainstream within like our field, but like they have brought it to a much bigger audience that might not care about you know nature and stuff too.
0: Yeah, and, and that's one of the mention. That's one of the names that you mentioned, Henry. Of Peter McKinnon, um, you know, not really a nature photographer, but very popular on YouTube making tutorials on how even nature photographers can pull in some of those techniques into their own post-processing of their photography. Um, but, but having a glass ceiling there, and, and you said, I think you said it right, uh, of breaking that glass ceiling and rising above it, what happens though if we start accepting those people within the realm of the nature photography community does that make it stronger
1: uh i mean i think it'll make it stronger as long as it doesn't become too oversaturated uh because i feel like it's it's pretty popular right now and i can't see it gaining massive popularity i think it'll kind of continue to have a steady rise there's kind of a big jump a couple of years ago i would say um but it, it could end up being a problem it could dilute a lot of people's work um but uh i'm not too worried about that personally
2: yeah i feel like the thing is is like i i love like let's say ben horn's work but like i wouldn't want to see everyone take a ben horn inspired image like that would be very boring to me of course um, so I'd like to see people that like, get inspired, but they also just like to do their own thing. That's kind of where I'm at with inspiration. I like to get kind of the idea of what they're trying to do with the photograph, but then I like to just kind of take that and make, take it and run away with it, so to speak, and do something that's more of my style. What is your style? <laughs> Good question. Um, so it's basically just about finding light and color. Um, something that kind of has a I don't know, kind of playfulness do I guess, if that makes sense, where, like, I want the viewer to be challenged by um, whatever I'm composing, be it, you know, waterfalls, sunset, um, a flower, just something that makes them kind of stop and look at it for more than a few takes and really kind of ponder what I'm trying to go for.
0: Typically, what subject is that for you?
2: Um, it could be anything. Because uh, with nature in particular, I've, I've tried to narrow it down to, like, let's say one thing like landscapes or something, you know, macro, or, um, I do a lot of wildlife as well, but like, I can't find really one thing I'm, I can really stick to. It's kind of like I'm very ADHD about it, I guess, where I'll just jump between one or the other. Um, so it really just depends on whatever I'm feeling that day or whatever the lighting conditions might be. Um, that really is what I pursue out there in the field.
0: Hey guys, real quick, I just want to talk about today's sponsor for the podcast, and that's visualwilderness.com. Right now, you can go to visualwilderness.com and get any of the courses that I've made that will help you improve your landscape photography over time through post-processing and learning how to take basic images and level them up through Lightroom and Photoshop. You can get those for 33% off for a limited time right now if you use the code DAVID33 during checkout. Again, that's visualwilderness.com and use the code DAVID33 during checkout for 33% off for a limited time. That same deal is going on on my website for courses that I've made for my own website. You can go to davidjohnstonart.com, enter that same code, David33, during checkout for 33% off for a limited time. Let's get back to the episode. All right, we're kind of on... Two different topics here, uh, and I have follow-up questions to each one that each encompasses the other. So I'm going to try my best, guys, to to manage this and figure this out. So we're talking about oversaturation within photography. We're talking about also different generations of photography, almost in different decades. Uh, Me being the oldest here, which is something that I'm completely not used to and not comfortable with. Um, Ryan, you're about 10 years younger than me. And then Henry, you're the youngest here in in the discussion. So I think each one of our decades has something to say about some of these younger photographers coming up and, and getting more interested in photography. Do younger photographers have more ideas about what can be accomplished in photography? Ryan, why don't you take that one? Uh well I will let me direct it at Henry a little bit
2: but uh, one of the things I really appreciate appreciate about him is that he doesn't really follow like let's say the trends necessarily he's really about like the craft of it you know people his age might want to make some like over the top effects like they might oversaturate their photographs or you know buy those presets that everyone has available and he's not really about that like he for his age I'm saying I'm generalizing of course but for his age it's like he very much so knows what he's about. And he really seems to be true to like the art itself, which I can really appreciate. Go ahead. Henry.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like kind of the term nature photographer, um, especially of my generation with so many people having taken photos for most of their childhood. And, um, now as they're entering adulthood, they just, you know, photograph everything. So kind of the, the lines of being a photographer and being, uh, just a normal person are kind of blurred at this point. Um, So I I just try to, I'm not mimicking older photographers, but I try to kind of harken back to the days of intentional photography with, uh, you know, a standard camera and lens setup, and just kind of get that almost fine art look. Um, And I know a lot of people nowadays, like Ryan said, they use crazy filters and, weird effects and stuff. And that's just not me personally. So I I wouldn't say I really follow the trends of my generation.
0: In terms of of resources that are available and that are not yet available, what do you see lacking in terms of learning resources um, and something else that photographers can, can give to younger photographers like you guys?
1: Well, I would say that um, I think a lot of young people underestimate the power of a dedicated camera. It doesn't even have to be a good camera, but I don't think they realize how much more intentional, um, like how many cool effects you can get and just how much a legitimate camera will redefine your photography. And especially with the interchangeable lenses, because I've gotten asked many times by friends and just people in general that they don't understand why I carry around a big camera everywhere to get these shots where they can just take it on their iPhone. Um, I feel like that is definitely a big thing that you have to get past, um, when you're in my generation, cause smartphones are powerful, but in my opinion, they don't really replace, um, that for nature photography. Um, yeah.
0: Why do you think there is that lack of dedication? I just
1: think, uh, first of all, the convenience of smartphones is absolutely insane. I mean, you can fit in your pocket, just pull it out whenever you need it. Um, And also the kind of software in phones, it's so convenient. You can just take a photo, it's immediately on your phone. You don't need to put an SD card into your computer or anything. You generally don't need to edit. Uh, You don't need to do any blending or anything, you know. Uh, But I still think there are clear advantages. I just don't think everybody knows them, so
0: will there be a point in which smartphones take over the camera
1: i i really hope not uh i i think um for landscapes I, i would say yes because that hdr stuff that they put in the iphones is absolutely insane like i'll be at like a beach and say my mom's there with me or something or a family member and they take a picture of the sunset and they get a Perfectly good exposure on the sand, perfectly good exposure on the sun. Meanwhile, I have to bracket and blend everything together. Uh, So I feel like maybe eventually for landscapes, uh, phones will kind of encompass that. But I think for wildlife, uh, it's going to be really hard to fit a telephoto lens like 400 or 600 millimeters. It's going to be hard to fit that into a phone. So I feel like wildlife at least will always stay with dedicated cameras.
0: What do you think, Ryan? Ryan? I feel like the, the phone
2: itself is a natural, like stepping stone nowadays. Like a lot of people do start with just that. And there's perfectly fine reasons to use that. Um, cause it does, I have like a Samsung galaxy phone and it has like auto HDR. If you just point it at like a sunset, it'll perfectly expose that foreground and the background and like the sky and everything. Uh, but like, I feel kind of fortunate, I guess, cause I really got my first start with using traditional DSLRs. Um, so I really had to learn, you know, at first using automatic mode, but then eventually manual mode. And, um, I feel like it's just a nice way to kind of take that next step above to, you know, unlike creative potentials really, because the phone does kind of limit you, like Henry said, with, let's say, if you're trying to do wildlife where it's practically impossible to do that.
0: Ryan, I'll ask you the same question. I asked Henry in terms of resources, what is lacking there?
2: Uh, I feel like, Proper education, maybe like awareness, because people just simply don't know enough about what they're, you know, maybe the environment they're photographing in or the gear they're using. Um, Some people just might not know there's interchangeable lenses with, you know, DSLR and stuff that could make different photographs. They just have that phone, let's say, to just use. And it's like I said, it's very limiting to what you can truly do in photography. But sometimes that limitation can also be kind of freeing, I guess, in a way.
0: We have different pressures throughout life that we deal with, um, whether you're, you know, 15, 18, 25, 35, 45, whatever you are, in terms of pressures from the outside that you guys deal with, um, depending on your age here, you know, I have pressures now with uh, time management, with a new baby and, and being a new dad and then uh, spending time with my wife and also earning an income for my family. Ryan, yours might be a little bit different. Henry, yours might be a little bit different than that, too. I would hope that you don't have a child yet. Um, but in turn, term- <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for clarifying that. In terms of like men, mentally, emotionally, and, and creatively, what pressures do you deal with from the outside that, that impact your photography? Uh I feel like for me, um, because I work full-time um doing I'm a
2: tissue receiving technician, but um I feel like that just working full-time, you kind of have to find make time and have the energy to go out and photograph like usually my Let's say one two days off a week i'm like do i really want to wake up before sunrise to go drive somewhere not always of course you know because sleeping in sounds a lot more desirable um but sometimes you just really have to make the time to go out there and shoot and uh fortunately at the moment I- i'm single so it's like i just live uh, with my brother here at, my, at this duplex and that's i have no other real restrictions uh necessarily like you were saying about having a child that would um i guess for lack of a better word would slow me down so i do have a lot of free time to pursue what i love here and my passion
0: henry
1: uh so obviously I'm, a, I'm in high school so that has to take first priority um and i would say during the week i pretty much never get a chance to do photography i'm just too busy i'm also an actor so i've got quite a bit of rehearsals uh, pretty much every night uh and social life and everything not as much during coronavirus but uh I'd say photography is definitely an escape from all of that. Uh, I generally try to go out at least once a week. Uh, it hasn't been happening recently just because of all the workload and stuff. Um, but photography is definitely an escape. Um, I just try to get out as much as I can. And uh, all the negative thoughts, they just go away when I'm out in nature. So,
0: Why do you think that is? I just think because
1: it's kind of my nature's always been my happy place. Even before I started photography, my family would always take me on hikes ever since I was born. Pretty much. Uh, I've always been rock climbing, uh, hiking, mountain biking, just anything in nature makes me happy. And photography, uh, gives me a way to go out there and get kind of a, a physical, almost reward from it because I'm, you know, capturing an image of, of the scene and just getting something in return, I guess. Um, uh, so Yeah
0: do both of you have the goal of doing photography full-time
2: yes yeah um i'm kind of like in the middle of being i guess a part-time professional i've been making some more you know revenue and sales from an income um but it's definitely something i'm trying to
1: pursue as much as i can henry uh i really don't know yet but I, i definitely do want it to be a part of my life um rather be on the side full time um, or just a hobby, but uh, full time would be like a a dream for me. I just not sure if it could happen. I do also do quite a bit of freelance video work. So maybe a combination of video and photo would be pretty cool. Uh, I also do portraits as well. So I I could see it happening, but I'm not entirely sure quite yet.
0: Ryan, I'll I'll come back to you on that, Henry. Ryan, how, how is that happening for you doing it part time? Um, definitely networking. Um, I mentioned, I touched upon a little bit
2: earlier about galleries. That's a big part of my work is exhibiting. Um, I'm a member of two local galleries that, you know, draw in, you know, hundreds of people, uh, each year, really. Um, of course, with the pandemic that's kind of dialed it back a little bit, so it's not too good. Um, but yeah, I network, you know, my photography there, I meet other artists, you know, I make sales that way. Um, just kind of like business to business almost in a way. Um, and then of course meeting people and then, Uh, Mainly last year, I did a lot of uh, festivals, like outdoor and indoor festivals, where you just meet different people, of course, throughout the day, and they can buy your work, or at least view it. Um, And then, yeah, pretty much stuff like that. Um, Making print sales, promoting on social media, um, and making free content like this podcast, Henry and I do, and uh, my
0: video work on YouTube. Do you see print sales kind of making a resurgence? Uh, It's
2: because a lot of people say that print sales are not like, the, you know, the bread and butter of photography, at least landscapes and fine art, um, because it's really hard to make a living solely on that. Um, a resurgence though, I'm not too sure just because I really don't follow the trends as much as I probably should um, for what I do. But um, I will say it's a very, it seems like a very niche market because it takes a certain person that really um, want like a, a print on their wall of a photograph I take, you know, a certain person has to be ready to see that and be like, this is the right size or what have you to put on my framed, let's say and matted on my wall or
0: their wall. Does it have to be a certain person to make that sale? Uh, a specific one, I'll say. Yeah, because certain people can, they can look at my work
2: like on a gallery wall and they could be like, that's a very nice photograph, but does that mean they want it on their wall? Not necessarily. Um, so I, I do feel like it takes a specific kind of audience
0: or market to really uh, you know buy into my vision, if you will. But for you, like, do you, do you think you have to have a certain personality type to go that route in photography? Yes.
2: Yeah. It's something, um, being an introvert myself, I believe you are too, David, um, and Henry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, so <laughs> I feel like that's what draws us to you know nature and stuff, especially, but, um, these, these like, I guess you call them social gatherings and events. They're very much not really what I'm about, <laughs> but, um, they do help me get a little more outgoing. And out of my comfort zone to, you know, I have to go out and meet people. I have to be put my best foot forward, you know, dress nice and talk about my work and be, you know, overall excitable about it, um, which is definitely very hard. It's something that's very draining and exhausting to say the least, but it's something
0: that I found to be really uh, rewarding over the years I've done it. Henry, in terms of you, uh, I'll pin the question a little bit differently. Uh, how do you see that coming together for you in terms of putting plans together for earning an income with photography? So I've,
1: I already feel like I've kind of started to form a good baseline. So I launched a print sale in about, uh, I think in July of this year, and that's, that's done decently well. I, I try to promote that every, every couple weeks or so. Um, I get a decent amount of sales from that. So I've got that building up. Um, I'm working on my first website uh, and I've started doing a lot of local portraits um, because people will see my nature stuff. And although it's not portraits, they they figure I can take good photos. So I've started to get a lot of questions with that and working on expanding that. So I feel like if those things kind of come together, uh, I could definitely see potential. And like I mentioned, I do a bunch of video editing for people, uh, different graduation videos, uh, even like small commercials I've done before, just like local commercials. Uh, All that stuff I think could potentially be a career.
0: How does video editing help you in photography? Uh,
1: I would say that story in video editing is really important. Um, And although it may not be as clear, Uh, photography also needs to have a story to each image, um, all the way from creating the composition to putting on your computer and editing it. Um, so definitely story, the story elements of editing has, uh, really kind of influenced my work a bit, I would say, if that makes sense. Um, and also just the general, some of the basic, uh, editing like principles, like I I did editing before photography, so kind of some of the color grading stuff, I could kind of bring that over to the editing side of things, photography-wise.
0: How do you translate that in terms of message that's delivered from video to single-frame photo? I mean, obviously it's very different, um, but
1: I feel like you can kind of I would say like mood and like the feel of the video Um, you can kind of apply those same principles to your photos whether you want maybe a a cooler toned image or a warmer toned image uh, how saturated the individual colors are just all those kind of different elements uh, can come together pretty nicely so
0: is it a popular idea of being an entrepreneur for, for people of your ages, the, the friends you hang out with, um, is entrepreneurship and and maybe the thought of being a photographer popular or cool? Uh, I I would say no, uh,
1: really not. Um, maybe portrait photography. I have a couple people I know that want to be portrait photographers, but besides that, uh, my generation is very greedy. A lot of us want to be lawyers and doctors and just make the most money possible. And there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, that's just what mostly I've seen in my high school experience. So
2: I feel like like national geographic, not to pinpoint them specifically, cause it's not obviously their fault solely, but I feel like big like names, companies, organizations like that, they've kind of proliferated this idea of like the glamorous travel adventure kind of photographer kind of person. And so people see that in the magazines and or online, and they go like, "Huh, cool. I'll try that because it just sounds it sounds very sexy. You know, it just sounds really fun and something that they want to do. But it's not always like that. You know, we're out in the middle of rain, snow, you know, all times a year. And in their case, they're out on assignment, or at least it can be for weeks on the end. And it's not always the most exciting thing in the world, too.
1: And obviously, there's a lot of fear with that too, because photography it can be very profitable, but it also can be, it's not a completely secure job. It's very risky and you have to have skill and you have to be able to market yourself. And, uh, that, that scares a lot of people my age, I would say. And
0: and however you envision or want your lives to turn out, uh, Henry, let's start with you on this. Where do you see, or or how do you hope to see photography playing into it? Um, so you know, if if it's my career,
1: great. But even if not, I want to live in a city that is. Um, I definitely want to live in an urban area, but has is surrounded by beautiful nature. I want to be able to just take photography trips. Um, I want to be financially free enough to do that. Um, I, I just I, it's pretty simple. I just want to be creating images the rest of my life. Uh, I've been working on YouTube as well. I'd like to continue that. Um, maybe that'll go somewhere someday. Um, and just kind of, you know, I've, I figure most people start really kind of older, at least in the nature field I've seen, there's a lot of elders out there. So I figure if I, if I started at 15, 14, who knows where I'll be, you know, when I'm 50. So I I just want to continue it and see what happens.
0: It's a great word. Elders. I love that. (laughs) Yes
1: i'm not referring to you david don't worry <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean i
0: feel like it right now for sure what about you
2: ryan yeah kind of the same way is, um i feel like starting at our age henry and i it's like a nice time because i feel like a lot of the let's say the yeah the elder photographers the veteran photographers um of our genres is they they start out very very young in a lot of cases not always but um, they, it's definitely like playing the long game, like they'll be doing it for decades. And it seems like the big names, like, you know, Ansel and stuff, they've been doing it for, you know, decades. And it's just been something you have to really work at over time. It's something that your, your whole process and your portfolio matures and expands over time. So I'm really, I feel fortunate to be starting in my, you know, early twenties, let's say, and, uh, just working upon it, like pretty much the same way, just working on it, you know, as the years go
0: on. And uh, seeing where it takes me, really. All right, shameless plugs. Where can people go to find you guys, Ryan? You go first on this one. Uh, my best place would be my website, www.ryanltaylor.com.
2: Um, I'm very, very active on Instagram. That's probably where my, most of my attention is. Um, that's at Ryan L Taylor Photo. Um, I'm on YouTube. It's just Ryan Taylor. Um, and then, of course, the All Outdoors Photography Podcast I do with Henry. And uh, yeah. That's probably the best places.
1: And then uh, for me, I'm I'm on YouTube, so it's just Henry Doyle on YouTube. If you search that up, it should be the first channel to show up there. Um, and then I also post on Instagram. Uh, I've been trying to do twice a week recently, uh, so I'd appreciate a follow on there. It's H Doyle uh, underscore photo. So uh, that's pretty much it. I'm working on a website, like I said, that should be out early 2021. Um, But for now, I'm pretty much on those two platforms.
0: So, What's going to be your URL?
1: Uh, Probably com or something, or Henry Doyle Photography, something like that. I'm not sure yet.
0: Good deal. We'll link it in the show notes if anyone wants to find more out about Henry and Ryan and also check out their podcast, All Outdoors Photography Podcast. Guys, thanks so much for joining the podcast and discussing your thoughts on photography. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, David.